I am honored to be a part of your cornucopia. I don't think that makes sense, but okay. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 140 of Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the other co-host of this fine, fine broadcast, the ombudsman of the Oscars, <laughs> the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I'm doing well. I, I, th- what's funny is I don't really know what that means, but uh, it sounds good, so I'll go with ombudsman. Doing well. It's uh, As I mentioned right before we, we started, it's uh, pretty chilly here in Ohio today, and you know I whine a ton about winter, and so I'm kind of over it, ready for March to kick in and hopefully warm things up. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great, just so you know, and ombudsman's kind of a overall person uh, to, uh, if anybody's complaining against a podcast or a, a publication, you're the person who would kind of uh, handle those complaints and investigate them. So, you know, yeah. that's okay. kind of the role I see for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing, uh, no, no, ombudsman. <laughs> um, so no, doing well, doing great. Excited about, uh, have Joel Moore here, uh, in, uh, in Nashville. So we're having a good time with Joel, but you know what else has a, really makes me have a great time, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That'd be those great events held by Common Skew. Ooh, right? yeah. You know, we talk about how they're the makers of that game-changing software, but, you know, they have those new Common Skew sessions. We talked about it. They're kicking them off this spring. It's a multi-city sales conference focused solely on distributors, and they're calling them Common Skew sessions. And each session is designed to cover the sales funnel from attracting and converting new business through customer retention all the way through. All the way through the entire process, you're going to attract the customers, you're going to you know, build value with them, and then you're going to optimize how you retain them. It's a great, great session. They're going to be heading to four cities, Kirby, Dallas, Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York, New York. The town's so nice, they named it twice. Love it. So if you want to learn how to amp up your sales and up your game, and go ahead and get your tickets, go to commonskewsessions.com. Now, I'm going to add another thing here, Kirby. Okay. Because they just announced SKU Camp. Yes. Uh, SKU Camp will be taking place late uh, September, and it's going to be in the city of Bridges, which is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yep. not too not too far from where you live. Fired so, up about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. some great speakers, <laughs> and it looks like going to be some uh, always g- wonderful networking there. Go ahead and visit SKUCamp, S-K-U-Camp.com. Find out more information, who's speaking, who's going to be there, and why you need to join in on the fun. Sounds great. I, I again, we've talked about it before. I think that Common Skew and that whole team makes some of the best uh, events in the industry, and so I'm sure these will be the same. I'm sure they will do an outstanding job. So, Kirby, yes, are you ready to go ahead and broadcast at a semi-platinum level today? <laughs> I'm good. I yeah, I always say I'm going to do my best, but I, I I think I'm ready. I'm ready. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with the topic today? Okay. Um, so this is one that um, I have. I know that you're going to have opinions about this, so I always like bringing up topics where um, you can kind of guide me a little bit, Obi-Wan. Uh, so we have decided we're in the process of just in the very beginning of redoing our website. Um, and actually, uh, to be honest with you, this project sort of started mentally from the last SKU camp. 
Um, we have a site that visually I really like, but I want to improve our SEO. I want to improve some things. So we're going to move it to a WordPress site, which is one of the things that Ben Taylor talked about at SKU Camp last time. And it, we have just begun the process. And all I can tell you is it's intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. Is I, I, I want to keep it fresh. I want to, I want to show that we are innovative, but then I also don't want to lose, you know, you know, the power of the content that we've created. So it, it's something that I'm bouncing around a lot. And so I wanted to kind of get your take on, you know, how often should we update our websites? And what are some things that you think should be sort of on a website? I think that's evolved with social media. Yeah. So I think the website should be updated probably uh, every couple days. <laughs> um, okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm actually kind of serious about that. So I, I always look, if you're talking about wholesale changes, which is what you're doing, yes. I think every year to 18 months, you probably need to take a hard look at it. How does the flow look? What do, is, is it user-friendly? Is it really speaking to the audience the way you want to be speaking to them? Is it is it providing the value they expect, so on and so forth? So for that, I think every 12 to 18 months, and coincidentally, we're kind of in the middle of, of doing the same thing here at Promo Corner, making sure that we're touching those buttons the way we want to as well. But mm. I also look at a website, and I always have. It's a living, breathing entity. I think so many people build a website or, or pay to get a website built, and then they just leave it there. Right. And it, it's something that I think it's your most... From my perspective, your website in the era of, of digital media where the first thing people do when they hear your name, when they think about working with you, the first thing that they do is they go to your website to learn about you. So your website is the single greatest piece of real estate you have. And the wonderful thing about it is you can change it, manipulate it any way you want. It's right. a blank canvas. And so I, I think it, you know, too many people don't spend enough time on it. Um, I don't think too many people spend enough resources on it because sometimes you do need to pay someone to help you do that. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it's to me, it's really that such an important piece of real estate. It does need to be continually updated, continually refreshed. Does this work? Does that not? Um, and so I, I, I think it's great that you're looking at it. My thing about a website, again, it's your opportunity to tell your story. People still buy from people they know, like, and trust. Right. Um, and I, you know, make it a paramount thing on, on the Promo Corner website that people know who we are with a little bit of fun there. We have the high school photos that change <laughs> into our, our, our headshots. Yep. But people want to know who they're working with, and that's your opportunity uh, to do that. So I think if you don't place enough importance on – sharing the who you are and the why you do what you do, people aren't going to care what you do. Yeah. It's, and it, you know, we've said that we want to be a marketing and media agency. And so, you know, I think that if we, you know, a media company has a, as you said, a living, breathing sort of, um, you know, fluid website. And mm -hmm. though I think our website, you know, I've actually, it's so funny. You're right about the time you take on a project like this. I got a call from somebody who I hadn't talked to in the industry in a long time. And he called and said, Hey, I love your website. Whenever I, t <laughs> whenever I, uh, uh, talk to people about doing websites, I send them to your website. Cause I think mm -hmm. it's got a lot of personality and I'm like, well, damn it. I'm, I'm about to change it. Um, but I think again, keeping it fresh, keeping it moving. And, right. um, and again, 
it bring it gives me some level of anxiety because I was talking to the person that's going to be working on the site and he does websites for us for our clients. And you know, I was looking at the number of posts and the number of blog posts on this site is well over 500. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, "Oh man, there's some level of anxiety that I'm going to lose that, right? That I'm going to lose the SEO, I'm going to lose the history. Yeah, I might. know that there are ways to <laughs> to to kind of get around that, but right. it it does bring me some level of concern. And uh, so, yeah, it's well, it's and, an interesting process. And that's why it might make sense to engage someone who understands that. Right. You know, when, when I did the old Brand of Eight site, and Joel always cringes when I bring this up, but I used Wix. Right. For me, it was very easy. It was a what you see is what you get website builder. And, and I'm good enough to kind of manipulate that so it didn't look like a cookie cutter website. Right. Um, Joel is, is wonderfully brilliant when it comes to um, be building a technology solution. In fact, I think I've mentioned here on the podcast, started his own company uh, called More Technology Solutions, where he's focused much more on that type of, uh, you know, for the promotional products industry, building websites and making sure SEO can be, you know, transferred, retained and things like that. But I think, you know, if that's something you're concerned about, you should look at a professional at, outside of your own team yeah. to make sure you can do that. Because yeah. um, that's where you know I start to get tired head, and I'm like, I don't know, just start <laughs> over. You know, I mean, you know, it's one of those things I have limited knowledge of. I certainly have opinions about, but limited knowledge of, which makes me a very dangerous human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually most of our culture right now. Limited knowledge, but I always one of my favorite quotes is whenever whenever I describe somebody as they're often uh, often wrong, but never uncertain. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, social media, for that. Awesome. All right, cool. Kirby, so I'm sure you saw in the last week or so, I'm not a big basketball fan. Right. Um, I don't like basketball. I I absolutely appreciate the athleticism, but to me it's a very boring game. In fact, I think I've said it before. I say give each team about 80 points, let them play for two minutes, and I'm pretty sure that 98% of the outcomes would be exactly the same. Yep. You so have said that, yes. I, I so I don't. I'm sure you saw this, but uh, Zion Williamson, who mm, is yeah. a stud freshman at Duke University in North Carolina, and there was a big game about a week ago, uh, Duke versus North Carolina, big rivalry, and highly anticipated. The seats were going for about as much as Super Bowl seats. That's yeah, how big crazy, this game was, yeah. right? Four thousand dollars a pop, and 41 seconds into the game, he c- c- makes a cut, and his shoe blows out like a tire just completely blew up causing him to sprain his knee and miss the game and as duke's best player um they got throttled by north carolina i mean the game was basically over 41 seconds into the the match right so i want to talk more about from a perspective that's a huge branding hit for for nike right you're known for making shoes and your shoe basically blows up during an athletic uh, and certainly a high-profile athletic event, if you are the CMO of Nike, yeah, what's the first in the first few things you do to help mitigate this type of a branding hit? Because it's a pretty big black eye. So what do what would one Kirby Hossaman do? Jeez. Um, yeah, because the reality of it is, this is—it's a disaster of epic proportions for. Yes. I mean, for a company that you know essentially is the athletic company. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I would say about Nike is, um, they have a brand that is strong. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, whether it's Apple, whether it's Nike, 
a they are more um, set up to deal with a you know a disaster like this than say other brands right if this happened to a Puma shoe you know you might they, they it might be even worse right mm-hmm. because they've at least got the the background and the the history um, I I have a weird idea probably is okay. um, I think that. I would obviously, once you get past the, hey, we're going to look into it and, you know, the the basic immediate responses, mm-hmm. I think I would try to figure out a way to create a campaign to, um, to, to capitalize on it. So in other words, to show all the failures mm-hmm. and how just doing it has to do with embracing that failure and then growing from it, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I wouldn't, like, you think about, you'd show runners who were laying on the side of the road cramping. You would show, um, you would show, uh, you know, potentially old 1970s Nikes with the with the heel busted out of it. You would show the failures of sport and why, why those failures and overcoming those failures are what makes sports mm-hmm. magical. And then we're going to continue to improve. Just do it. I uh, think that's, like, good, that, that's, that's where approach. I would go with it, I think. That's a good approach. And the thing is, you know, apparently this happens more often than we realize because it actually happened at, I forget what exactly basketball game it was because, again, basketball is relevant. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was like some generic Big Ten game in Adidas shoe. Kind of the same thing happened. And, yeah. and I don't know if the kid got hurt or not, but shoe blew out. I like your approach. I, I think it's a dangerous one, which – Always interests me, right? I mean, <laughs> because the, the 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 first thing I think most people would do is a pop. So, so you know, this doesn't happen very often. Here's our failure rates. It's a one yeah. in a million shot, and I think everybody expects that. I do think you know, with every failure, whether it's Nike or even internal business failures, and I always just like you, I look at a failure. It's an opportunity to certainly learn from. You know what what happened. Do a post mortem on it. What happened, but more importantly, how can we be transparent enough? Because everybody fails. Right. Products fail all the time. I mean, right. what? I think I think the the stat is eleven percent of laptops are lemons, right? Hmm, or wow. and I don't know. What the, yeah, I'm, I just remember this from a couple of years ago, and I got. <laughs> I was going to say, and you get eighty percent of that. I, I do get eighty percent of them. <laughs> and by the way, that's not user failure. That's documented. That is completely not user failure in my my situation. It's always okay. the product. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but you, but you have an opportunity to be transparent because things do go wrong. Not everything is right, and because of social media, you touched on this earlier. Social media, you you project this wonderful. thing. Thing. life's always wonderful and everything always goes so smoothly and it doesn't and when you have an opportunity to take a failure and learn from it and rise from it and really share here's what we're learned from it and let's make it better I, I think I like that I actually I know I like that approach I don't have to think um, I really like that approach I don't think Nike's really done that um, it's really been the apology and hey this happens and here's the thing and that's not been spoken. We all know that those shoes are made by eight-year-old kids making 16 cents an hour in a factory somewhere and in a horrible situation. You know, we, we kind of all brush over that a little bit. Um, maybe there needs to be more care made into those shoes. Mm, yeah. Well, can I – I want to shift a little because yeah. I think what's interesting about this, and I know that you're not a big basketball fan, but I this ties to the, the concept of personal branding. Yep. So on the Duke team, there's Zion Williamson, which is the name everybody knows. And it's R.J. It's the Barrett. only name I know. Right. <laughs> well, R.J. Barrett is his teammate. Okay. And by all accounts, 
coming out of high school, he was the number one guy. Okay. okay? He actually leads the team in scoring. Okay. But everybody knows Zion Williamson because he has like 28 million, and I'm, I'm making that number up, but it's a lot of Instagram followers. Plus he's got a really cool name. Let's not he does. Let's count that. Yeah. And he's, and by the way, an athletic freak. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. But... The power of personal branding is super interesting, and he's done an incredible job of that. And mm-hmm. so, right now, um, you know, four months ago, R.J. Barrett was sort of a unanimous number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yesterday on ESPN, as I was driving a bunch, they're talking about how a GM, the GM who takes R.J. Barrett number one, will get fired because they have to take Zion Williamson because of the marketing because of the branding, because the butts in seats. And they're both incredible players, but I think the idea that from a business perspective, you have to take the person who's the less guaranteed success because he has so much more impact on the bottom line, that's interesting to me. Um, and that's a that's a conversation that's very publicly being had right now in sports. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the it is the business of sports. Right. And so... You know, uh, it's, so I'll, I'll draw a parallel here to the Dallas Cowboys. Of course you will. No, no, no. And Van it, Halen. It, no, 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 no. This actually, this actually makes some sense. Just roll with me for a second. Okay. So this week actually marked the 30th anniversary of Jerry Jones buying the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. okay. And he very famously said in his opening press conference, you know, we are here to win. Winning's the name of the game. Uh, winning is basically everything. And the next thing, you know, they won five Super Bowls in that first uh, five. Uh, I'm sorry, they won three Super Bowls in the first five years uh, of he and, and Jimmy John, of him owning the team. Yeah. And then 25 years of kind of middling futility, for lack of a better term. Right. Um, I don't think Jerry Jones's will and desire to win has changed at all. I do think his definition of winning has. Mm. His definition of winning now is having the most valuable franchise in sports. His definition of winning now is having the highest profile team in the National Football League. Yes, he'd like to win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think that's diminished at all. But when he bought the Cowboys, he was all about winning on the field. And now he's far more about winning in the marketing world. Hmm. That's interesting. And so I think what you're talking about with with uh, I don't even know who the basketball players you're talking about. Because seriously, <laughs> I just don't care. Um, but the, the, you were when you were talking about non Zion Williamson. Yep. If non Zion Williamson gets drafted first, he might get uh, the GM might get fired. Whereas Zion Williamson's more the guaranteed marketing guy. He's a good face for an organization. I think that has some. That's something that's just kind of developed over the last you know eight to 10, 12 years of we. We need a face for this organization that we can vet and we can sell. Right, right? it's it's same thing that happened to music in the eighties. Mm. Um, you 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 know you wouldn't see a lot of uh, ugly bands on MTV. <laughs> they had to look good. Doesn't mean the right. music was bad. Um, in some cases, it does, but yeah, especially when you're talking about Thompson Twins, that was some terrible shit. <laughs> All right, uh, Kirby, hold I, me I, now. I, oh. <laughs> Oh, warm my heart. All right, uh, Kirby, <laughs> let's talk Oscars. Okay. Did you watch the Oscars? No. Okay, we're done with that. Kirby, <laughs> let's talk about employee reviews. You have okay. a robust organization. It was one of the reasons Joel's here. It was to give me my annual review. Love it. And it got me to thinking about annual reviews. How? Uh, oh, just reviews, not necessarily annual. I want to know from your perspective as a leader of a very successful marketing company, 
in Coshocton. How often do you do reviews and how valuable do you think they are, especially for salespeople? Um, great. I, I think this is a great topic. Uh, of so course it is, Kirby. Is, I brought it up. Yes, I, I was waiting for that. So um, I am not a giant believer in a formal review. Um, and I definitely am not. I, I, I've read a bunch of books. There's one from Netflix where it talks about um, de, um, detaching the review from um, compensation. And I buy that because I think it's one of those moments where, first of all, in those reviews, I think what people take away is you tell them 99 positive things and they they remember the one thing that is um, the negative or the thing they need to work on. And then you tie it to a raise that they're not happy with. And so all of a sudden it becomes, especially the idea of a formal review, becomes quite frankly a giant pain in the ass that nobody's happy about. So what I would say is most of my employees meet with me, um, uh, gosh, once a month, once every six weeks, where we kind of go over um, what's going on, maybe things I think they should work with. One of the things I've heard somebody say is, is if there is a surprise in a review, it's the boss's fault. Mm-hmm. Right, they like they should know your employees, your team members should know the things that they're doing well and the things that they're doing they need to work on on a daily, on a weekly basis. Um, and so, to be candid, a formal review, um, rare, like I, I, yearly, I guess, but almost the opposite is true. We're doing it on the weekly. Right? Mm-hmm. Here's what we need to work on. Here's what we need to. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, I'm like, guys, speed. We got to be faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the on the other side, we did raises just the other day, and it had nothing to do with um, like their quote unquote performance review. Okay. That's sort of my take on it. Is I'm like I want to give raises where we can, but I don't want it to be tied to a formal review um, kind of process. So okay. that's me. Cool. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. Okay. Um, think you're wrong, um, but I think you're right as well. So I do believe in. Every well, I like that second part. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So I do believe uh, in ongoing reviews, and by that, every employee should know where they stand. So I meet with every team member weekly, mm-hmm. and we talk about you know opportunities, uh, great things we're doing, where we can maybe find improvements, things like that. And I think that's always important. But I do think it's important that there is kind of the annual, kind of on an anniversary day, hey, let's see where you were a year ago. And let's mm. see where you've grown. Let's see where maybe there's still some opportunities. And what can I do to help you get to where you want to be? And I really like the the opportunity on an annual basis because sometimes those weekly meetings, there's a lot going on. And they can sure. be rushed. And they can be, you know, we don't have a lot to talk about this week and things like that. I like the, the I don't want it to be like this ominous thing. But there's, I, I like the opportunity to discuss, hey, what are your goals? Where do you want to be? in a year and I'd like you to think about that. It's kind of for me the opportunity to have someone pause, take a deep breath and really be a little introspective in Mm -hmm. terms of what do they want to accomplish over the next 12 months. You're a huge goal oriented guy. Yep. To me it's that opportunity to help someone kind of set their goals Mm -hmm. for the next 12 months both uh, certainly professionally but maybe even even Mm -hmm. personally if that's what they choose to do. 
And so I do agree that, honestly, it should always be ongoing. Feedback should be a continuous two-way street, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in, in 360 reviews. I want, you know, I want feedback how I'm working with my team, too. You know, if they don't feel I'm communicative enough, I need to know that. And I, and I want them to be comfortable telling me that. Sure. So, um, so I, I guess my, my – so we do have annual goal setting. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's – see, I guess that's the thing is I think from my perspective, and, you know, I was in a large organization, I know you have, mm-hmm. is those – the, the formal setting of going through your performance review, I, as a receiver of that, I never enjoyed it and I never felt like I got anything out of it. Right. And at the end of it, I'm like, okay, so essentially my reward for sitting through this process is you to – what's the raise? Can we just, just skip to that? Um, well, yeah, that and, type and, of review, I agree. That's, yeah, that's and so, useless. Yeah, and so that's what I think of when I think of that. Yep. And now I definitely meet with the team and I actually have a folder full of all of their written goals. That's something I absolutely believe in. In, and mm-hmm. I actually encourage them to tell me their goals outside of work mm-hmm. um, if they're comfortable with that. Um, so like, I, maybe we're dancing around the same kind of pole here. But um, I, uh, I, when I think of sort of the formal process of performance reviews, it, they don't bring a warm and fuzzy to my heart. Well, maybe the word review isn't, isn't uh, the right word. But certainly I, I do like a formal and it doesn't have to be write five hundred word essay. Sure. It's more of a hey, let's make sure we carve out specific time, and and maybe get out of the office and really sure. just talk about where um, I can help you achieve your goals, and we can talk about the great things you've done, and maybe there's some areas of work too. I never want people walking out of a review feeling like a piece of shit. You right. know, I, I want them to and I feel like you know energized, and you know look, we all have things to work on. Right. Um, every single one of us. And so, you know, one of the things I always like is when I'm talking to somebody, are they self-aware? Mm. Can they call themselves out on, hey, this is something I recognized last year I, wor- I needed to work on. I did or I didn't. Right. And, and let's talk about that. Again, what does Danny Rosen say? And I know I don't. he was not the person who said it, but if you want to go – if you want to go, go fast, fast, go, go alone. alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think it's one of those things you it helped – the, those yearly check-ins, those weekly re- reviews, those you know conversations, really helps build a team if they're done the right way. If you ask me. Cool. All right. Fair enough. All right, Kirby, are you ready to launch? Do you have another topic you want to go to? Or you want to go right into fill in the blank? Let's do the fill in the blank, my friend. Oh, awesome! And you know we're sponsored by the good, good goods at Gold Star Pen. You know they are the full color specialists specialists in the house. Did you know that? I I did. I love it. They are. They offer the full color decoration for high-def imprints that absolutely pop. They use four-color processing for better color matching, and they keep those promo products just really on brand and on trend. Metal pens with a gradient imprint, not a problem. Wonder why? Because they're awesome. That's why. (laughs) Oh, you want plastic pens with a full-color logo? You got it, Kirby. Again, they're awesome. It's not going to be an issue. Full-color wraparound imprints on drinkware? Please. Are you kidding me? Of course they do that. Come on. If you want to see a custom, customized virtual presentation, they got you covered with that too, Kirby. Yep. Yeah. So what we encourage everybody to do is go ahead and head over to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Sign up for that free Simplicity Starter Kit. They really make what tends to look and appear very complex. They make it simple. Go ahead and pick up that free Simplicity Simplicity Starter Kit. You won't be sorry you did. Let's get colorful, people. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm pulling it all together. I actually am holding my SKUCon 2019 
Gold Star Pen in my hand right now. So it's mm-hmm. both our sponsors in my hand. Well, I am I am holding. Uh, I don't know about you, Kirby. I'm holding a Gold Star writing instrument. My hand, yeah. just yeah. not a pen. Just well, a writing. It's instrument. not Gold Star Writing Instruments That's all I'm saying. Um. Okay. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> all right, Kirby. Do you have a theme for your fill in the blanks this week? Yeah, it's like inspiration and productivity. Okie dokie. You ready for me to go? Yeah, I, I was hoping it was about Whataburger. A little disappointed <laughs> it's not. Maybe okay. next week. All right, maybe. Um, so the time of day when you are most productive is? 6.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally when I get into the office. I'm, I'm almost always, I'm always first one here. Um, and it's quiet. There's no one here. I can pound through emails. I can get, it's very quiet. Um, you know, once Brandon and Anna get here, you know, we might have some drive-by meetings or we'd have some things to work on. But that, that two hours, I tend to get so much done. Uh, love that time of day. Absolutely totally. love that time of day. Absolutely. Good one. Kirby, your theme this week is movies since we just finished the Oscars. Okay. Blank is the movie title about the business career of Kirby Hossaman. <sighs> Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm already regretting this. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, already yeah, regretting this. Yeah, no, I, I think that I, I think that any successful entrepreneur has gone through their fair share of uh, near misses or failures or um, times that they've had to overcome themselves. Quite frankly, and so okay. uh, the fact that I haven't gone away yet uh, okay. yet is the key word there. I would yep. say die hard. See, you know you can make up your own movie title too, right? You knew that, right? You oh no, I was I'm I'm picking them for real titles. Okay, that's fine. You you play the game however <laughs> you wish, Kirby. I do that all the time. That's what yes. Go ahead. Next. Next. <laughs> okay. The time of day when you recharge is 1.37 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Um, that is generally the time I have my early afternoon snack. Of a banana. Love okay. me a good banana. And who doesn't, Kirby? <laughs> um, Can't think of anyone. But yeah, generally, generally, uh, I have, I eat, since I'm in the office early, I eat breakfast early, so I tend to eat lunch early. So I usually eat breakfast right around like 6.45 or so. Um, I eat lunch at about 11.30. Right around 1.30, though, I want something, and, and I'm trying to eat healthier, and so generally it's a banana at 1.37 in the afternoon. 1.37 p.m. I love yes, it. Yes, sir. Kirby, since they are making a movie about you, a script needs to be written. But they're making someone in the industry write that script. The person who writes the script to your movie would be blank. Wow, that's a good one. Um, I, can, I, can it be a double team? Can I yes. get two people? All right, so... Uh, when when I have think, you when have you paid attention to rules? Why are that, you now asking yeah, questions? About that's a rules? great question. So I would say the two people that I would want collaborating on the script. If you say writing in the industry, I think Bobby Lehu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from a character development perspective, but I would want you to collaborate with him because I think you would add a certain edge and you get me. So those okay. are the two people who would write the script. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, uh, the place, mental or physical. That you go when you need inspiration is? My backyard, the back 40. Love my backyard. I've got uh, no fences, which I like. I've got uh, a green belt behind me, so I I almost feel like I'm very isolated, even though I'm in a subdivision in a a suburb. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's very few things I find more energizing, more relaxing, and more... um, 
recharging and more inspirational than my backyard and just kind of sitting out there. Maybe I have music, maybe I'm reading a book, or maybe I'm just enjoying a cocktail, just letting my mind drift where, where it drifts. Love my backyard. Love it. That's great. Kirby, the actor that would play you in the movie would be blank, and the actress that would play your bride, Amy, would be blank. Mm. Um, okay. I, I, for whatever reason, Tom Hanks comes to mind. Okay. Just because I think Tom Hanks is incredible. Um, okay. I'd love to say George Clooney, but I don't. I think he's got better things to do than play my goofy ass. Okay. Um, so, but I'd say Tom Hanks would play me, and because I think my wife is so lovely and beautiful and talented, I would go with Jennifer Aniston. Okay. For, uh, you like that? I do like that. I approve. Okay, cool. And then uh, my final uh, fill in the blank for you. The export, expert or person that you seek out when you need a boost, a motivation, is? You. <laughs> that was not what I was looking for. No, but no, generally when I need inspiration, when, when I'm you know, struggling with something, uh, you know, we're talking professionally, I think, um, mm-hmm. I generally I go to you. I, I mean, I have a group of people I go to, right? Sure. Um, it's, it's you. It's, it might be Mark Graham for something, uh, Danny Rosen, um, uh, Dana Zezzo. Um, sometimes I, Joel Moore, you know, I'm saying he's listening right now as we're recording <laughs> this, but I'm not saying that and I'm not pandering. Um, I've already had my review, so (laughs) trust me, I'm not pandering. But no, I mean, it really just, it's not one person. It really depends on Mm. what I'm facing. So I don't have one expert. I'm blessed to have a a cadre, a cavalcade, a veritable cornucopia of experts at my disposal. I am honored to be a part of your cornucopia. I don't think that makes sense, but okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, Kirby. Now we need someone to direct this movie. Someone to really put the whole vision together. The script, the actors, the actresses. Oh. Who in the industry directs this movie? Catherine Graham. Wow, I like that answer. Yeah, uh, so I, was, I think that you've got the creativity side uh, with Bobby, and you've got the logistics with you, and I think the oversight and just putting all the pieces together, Catherine Graham would be an incredible... Um, person to sort of lead the project, any project really. Um, so I go with Catherine. Okay, I love it. Okay, Kirby. So now we're going to move into rapid fire. Very simple game that we play here on the <laughs> podcast every week. I'm going to give you two choices. Two choices only. You pick one or the other. No explanation. There are only two answers. None's right. None's wrong. The theme this week, Kirby, business movies. Okay. Business movies are the theme. Are okay. you ready? I'm going to do my best. Wall Street or The Big Short. The Big Short. The Wolf of Wall Street or Margin Call? The Wolf of Wall Street. Barbarians at the Gate or Catch? Barbarians at the Gate. Glen Gary, Glen Ross or The Inside Job? Glen Gary, Glen Ross. The Founder or Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. The Social Network or Up in the Air? Uh, social Network. Moneyball or Other People's Money? Moneyball. Thank you for smoking or the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness, for office, sure. Office space or boiler room? Oh, wow. Two totally different. Uh, office space. The Hudsucker Proxy or Working Girl? <laughs> Though the Hudsucker Proxy is fun to say, I'm going with Working Girl. The secret of my success or trading places? Trading places. 
Risky business or cocktail to Tom Cruise-driven vehicles? Risky business. Cocktail's okay. terrible. Once again, <laughs> actually, cocktail's a wonderful movie. We're going. We're doing a sub. We're doing another oh, one. Yeah, okay. Here we go. You're not off the hook yet. Oh. We are now doing. We are now doing um, the names of Tom Cruise characters in his movie. This is an entire Tom Cruise one. Are you ready? Jeez. Oh, okay. Joel Goodson from Risky Business or Brian Flanagan from Cocktail? Uh, I like the name Brian Flanagan. Lestat de Lioncourt from Interview with the Vampire <laughs> or Charlie Babbitt from Rain Man? Charlie Babbitt. Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder or Nathan Algren from Last Samurai? Nathan Algren. Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg from Valkyrie or Ron Kovic from Fourth, Born on the Fourth of July? Uh, Ron Kovic. Uh, Bill Harford from Eyes Wide Shut or Vincent Loria from The Color of Money? Vincent Loria. Frank Mackey from Magnolia or David Ames from Vanilla Sky? David Ames. John Anderton from Minority Report or Steve Randall from The Outsiders? Steve Randall. Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible or Jack Ethan Reacher Hunt. from Jack Reacher? Ooh, yeah, Jack Reacher. Why don't you slow it down there, Hossaman? <laughs> Jack Reacher. Sorry. All right. Uh, Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell from Top Gun mm. or Cole Trickle? From Days of Thunder. <laughs> it's the same movie. <laughs> it is uh, not the same movie. One's a car and one's a plane. That's the only difference. Uh, I'm going with Pete Mitchell. Wrong. The answer was Cole Trickle. Once again, <laughs> I don't understand how you screw this up every week, but you know who's never going to screw up an education and networking event, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Oh, I'm so glad you've asked. Thank you so much for asking. That would be the good people at CommonSkew. Again, they have those CommonSkew sessions that are designed to help distributors. From cover the sales funnel, from attracting and converting new business all the way through to customer retention and optimizing that relationship for the long term. They're heading to Dallas, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the town's so nice they named it twice New York, New York. If you want to learn how you can amp up your sales and up your game, go over to commonskewsessions.com. And also, SKU Camp has just been announced. It will be in Pittsburgh this year at the end of September. Visit SKUCamp.com to learn more about the speakers there and get your tickets. Kirby, as always, it's been a pleasure to record this platinum-level broadcast with you. So fun, bro. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.